All right, folks, how are you doing? I am Johan. That with the puppies is, uh, <laughs> and Mr. Hodachuk is, <laughs> is Charleston. Today's guest joining us from beautiful Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona, from Camsack, Saskatchewan, the one, the only Mr. Darcy Hodachuk. How are you doing, Darcy? Really good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, sorry Cam to interrupt that. Camsack? Where the hell is that? Well, I'll tell you what, if uh, your body was a map, it's right under your armpit there. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's a great place. You know what? We have a beautiful lake next to us. It's called Madge Lake. It's a small town, like 2,300 people. It's probably now 1,800. But uh, yeah, just uh, outside of Yorkton, like kind of, um, you know, within 30 minutes of Yorkton, Kenora, right around there. So god's country we call it god's country but now that i live in arizona i, I realize scottsdale's god's country not camps <laughs> sorry to interrupt you had a, a pedicure earlier on going on and we were like oh <laughs> the life of an nhl former enforcer now gets pedicures after in retirement it <laughs> you must know be nice you know what my i got such big calluses on the bottom of my heels that they're cracking and my little guy he's eight years old and i've been like taking my older 11 year old the hockey tournaments all over the country and uh, i took my eight-year-old and we went and got a halloween costume and then went for sushi and i said what else do you want to do he said let's go for a pedicure so obviously his mom's had him out before so we uh but like, he wanted to get his good. toenails painted like chuck liddell black and i was like no we're gonna stop right there this is good i like the way that you uh you mentioned that because i was just telling telling charleston about he goes uh tell me something about darcy i said okay yeah i'm reading your bio on uh wikipedia there and then all of a sudden it says yeah hortichuk spent summer 2008 training with chuck liddell oh yeah yeah <laughs> what yeah, the fuck was, uh... how are you what made you want to be able to get into or how'd you know chuck and then how'd you start to be able to uh to train with him you know what it, it was funny some of the guys that i kind of had success in their career i was always trying to like look for that cutting edge. So I trained with, I don't know if you remember Michael Moore in Florida at Warriors gym and Ray Mercer and all those different guys. And then uh, I just kind of became friends with a few of the UFC fighters. They used to like come and watch our games. Um, Randy Couture and, and Ken Shamrock and guys like that would come out to our games. And yeah. So then I would like Chuck, when he was on that big spell there, you know, when he's knocking guys out, um, we just had a friend out in Calgary or up in California in San Bonavispo that said, Hey, um, you know, I know, uh, head trainer there. Would you want to come down? And it was funny when I went down there, they thought I was one of these guys that was like a, a trainee where they just beat up on and they get them ready. And I was like, listen, you kick me in the shin or in the, in the side of the leg, I am going down. Like I need a ref. I need like, this is not, and uh, so we started to do these circles and then we would spar each other. And Chuck Liddell has a brother. I don't know if you ever seen him in the octagon. This guy's like six foot eight. And, uh, you know, they're like his, Chuck's trainer is like, um, OK, like 40 percent. So you, you, you jab and you hate each other. Next thing you know, I'm like, that's not 40 percent. His brother like smoked me, almost broke my nose. It went from like what he thought was 40 percent. It was like 110 percent, both of us. And I like, I hit him so hard. I caught him in the nose. There's blood leaking. And it just was like, okay, okay, no, 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 sorry, sorry. I'm just a guy that fights on the ice. And when I need to be broken up, I can call the ref in. But <laughs> so it was a cool experience, but a uh, little different from on ice to off ice. <laughs> I was about to say, so what the hell did you learn from them? 
shit. These guys were so funny. They're like, well, make sure when you take him down, you fall on top of him with your elbow and you smash his head on the ice. And I was like, no, 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 no. The fans want to see you stand up. And they're like, okay, let's take your, like, use your, like a guillotine and try to choke him when he's standing up. And so these guys are choking me with a jersey on. And I'm like, no, no, I can't choke a guy on the ice. But if you see in one of my fights, I, uh, I kind of did it earlier in my career where I learned a few tricks where I started to like grab guys jerseys and, and start choking them at the same time as punching them. So there's kind of a couple little tricks that you learn, but, and then they're like, well, look at, look at how I did the, this fight. He had break down one of his fights, how he knocked the guy out. And I said, listen, if I throw that bomb, like you did from your hip, I said, if I miss him, I'm going straight in the ice and then hockey fights is going to say I lost the fight. So I can't do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you're but, hockey fighting, you always got to be balanced. And... Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We had yeah. Uh, Darcy, we had Charleston on, on skates for the first time uh ever um, um this year we had we took him out to imperial saskatchewan for they had a fundraiser for the rink and charleston got on the ice and uh, he sent the clip to everly and everly was on the show and everly was kind of making fun of his moves but charleston yeah. actually you know for the first time for a football player going on the ice uh, he had six shootouts he scored on one and he hit the post on another day you got me beat brother you got me beat i'll tell you that much holy crap jeez i feel like i'm getting ptsd every time i look at him it's, i feel like i see brashear larock or peter we okay i gotta fight this guy here we go speaking of that i wanted to bring that up there says uh Saskatoon boy i was you know i'm a Saskatoon boy too i grew up at yeah. uh, holy cross and and went to u of s and we probably crossed paths sometime when we were at the path or at champs or oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. some of the days yeah. back then and doing that. But, <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Charleston about how the fuck, you know, reading your bio on Wikipedia, it says, you know, in two years with the Saskatoon Blades, you had um, 12 goals, 33 points, as well as 279 penalty minutes. He had uh, 515 penalty minutes in 129 games, including 73 fights with your two years with the Saskatoon Blades. Well, uh, what point when you were growing up there, when you're a kid, you know, going, man, yeah, maybe I'm going to be a fighter here and this is the way to go. Well, the point was when my dad never told me to keep my head up when I'm stick handling or told me to practice outside shooting pucks. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm either going to work on the farm, chucking bales and you know, shoveling grain the rest of my life, or I got a fight to stay in the, uh, in the WHL. So, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know what? Like the reason I had so many fights is cause I didn't get drafted as my 18 year old year. Yeah. So guys like Goddard got drafted, Steven Pete, um, Todd Fedork, all those guys got drafted. So every time I'd play them, I was like, shit, I'm as tough as this guy. I'm going to fight this guy. Like if he got drafted in the third round, I could fight this guy. So I used to just fight these guys like every game. And then, you know, and then, you know, when you're trying to establish a reputation early on, you got to fight everybody. And then, um, you know, I think I was one of the top in the top five, I, you know, with fights that one year and never got drafted. And I'll never forget like Brad McCrimmon, who was my coach. And basically just, he just said, Darcy, hang in there. You fought some of the toughest guys. And uh, he called the thrashers when I was, uh, 19 years old and just said hey listen take this kid in the last round like just give him a shot he'll fight anybody he'll do whatever it takes and uh sure enough they drafted me um and uh next thing you know i went from 
never seeing an NHL game in my life to getting the call as a 20 year old year. Um, I wasn't even sure I was going to make the blades as a 20 year old and here I'm in the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> so yeah. And, and my first hit in my NHL career was one of the biggest hits of my career. It was on every Gatorade commercial. I hit Petrov coming around the net in uh, against the Canadians. And I literally back up and I'm ready to drop my gloves. That's my little boy there. Hey, how are you? Um, <laughs> I, I don't literally feet, do like, get ready to drop my gloves. And I was like expecting somebody to fight. Nobody fought. And I was like, oh, okay, I got this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just kind of ended up playing, I think, 12 or 13 games and fought Probert twice and, you know, fought Chara and just kind of, you know, knew that I could either make five grand uh, a month in the minors or I could make five grand a day in the, uh, you know, up in the NHL, uh, dropping the gloves and just kind of ended up, uh, you know, taking that road. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and now um, when you look back uh, upon, you know, you played 13 years, I was telling Charleston, I was pointing out Charleston. I said, uh, okay, yeah, I know he played in beautiful cities, you know, Atlanta, you're playing in, uh, you know, Phoenix, you know, Florida, Nashville, Vancouver, Edmonton. When you look back and you think, beautiful cities, I don't know if Edmonton, I don't know if you call Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say that real fast. Ah, definitely right. not Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. just slip well, that one on by. Just Charleston, Charleston's got Calgary and and Regina <laughs> and and Philadelphia when he played with the Eagles <laughs> on his resume. Okay, so then, that is beautiful. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll tell you a funny story. You're gonna love this. So I'm trying to get at the time Ryan Suter to sign as a free agent in Edmonton. And I'm talking to the GM at the time and they're like, Hey, Darcy, you know, you were roommates with him in Nashville. Is there a chance he's going to sign? And I'm like, dude, I think I got this. Let me call him. I'll get him to Edmonton. I'm trying to get myself a contract. Right. And I'm talking to Kevin Lowe and he's like, well, it doesn't sound like he wants to come here. And I'm like, Kevin, listen, I'm roommates with this kid. I got him. I got him. I call him Suter. I go, it suits. Listen, good young team hall. Everly. Awesome. You'll fit in. We're going to win the cup in a year or two. We need you. And he goes, I am not playing in Russia. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Russia. I said, no, Edmonton, like the Oilers. And he goes, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to Edmonton. And I was like, dying laughing. I was like, okay. Kevin Lowe, he's like, hey, how was the uh, conversation? I was like, oh, yeah, not bad. He goes, well, I, I didn't think it went good with, you know, the people. I said, I, there might be a chance. I don't know yet, you know. <laughs> so, I'm not playing in Russia. <laughs> yeah. 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 That ended up that uh, ended uh, Ryan Suter's uh, career in Edmonton. It was dead right there on that. <laughs> it shot. was dead. Yeah. I, uh, and you know what? My my little guy loves Edmonton. I love Edmonton. The fans were great. It's a hockey city. Um, we still uh, you know enjoy coming back there. So I don't want to bag on it too much. No, but uh, everybody, you know, everybody just like Hall. They don't like Edmonton. They just like Hall. <laughs> yeah. Let's be serious. Hall leave Edmonton. Nobody's gonna like Edmonton no more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what um, it was funny with Rob Rob Peterson, obviously, our uh, one of the sponsors for our show. Or we got the great signage back there. Is good friends with you. Um, Robbie was telling me a funny story about uh, when you're in Edmonton. Dallas Eakins gets um, gets hired as a coach, and so then he's big on to this uh, food kick about, okay, you guys are now going to eat healthier, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And he told me a little something about, I'll let you finish off the story, Darcy, but uh, if you remember it about how you got assigned to be able to take care of Yakupov, the number one overall pick Charleston in the NHL and Darcy gets assigned so big, to it. And, so big money. Yeah. And, and, and so he's, and the new coach comes in and says, okay, we're going to eat healthy. 
you know, we're going to, you know, um, we're going to be all healthy snacks from now on, blah, blah, blah. Darcy, is this somewhat right? You know what? I knew Eakins from before this time. So Eakins just left. I had Tom Rennie and okay. Ralph. So I just kind of missed Eakins, but the same kind of a story was with, with Ralph Kruger when he took over. Yeah. And yeah, no, Yakupov, just because we're both ADHD, 100 miles an hour, just go, go, go. <laughs> Much like when Radulov, I get stuck with all these Russians, right? Like as soon as we'd land in like California, Radulov's like, we're going to Disneyland. I'm like, what do you mean Disneyland? He's like, no, I've, I've always heard of Disneyland. Next thing you know, before the game, we're on all these rides. So Yakupov, you know, I'm taking him around, driving him, trying to help him get his driver's license, like doing all this stuff. And we just had the time of our life. He's such a good kid. Obviously, things didn't pan out, but we had so much fun together. And, uh, yeah, you know, kind of helped him find a place and get settled in the city. And uh, Robbie, was but, saying, Robbie was saying that uh, you, were, you were supposed to be able to try and um, help him eat better and live a little bit better. And you were out taking them to like Tim Hortons for 12 donuts and coffee right before you. <laughs> hey, listen, this kid, I would pick him up. And his routine was that pecan strudel. And I'd be like, dude, like, how is he getting away with this? But he had this whole routine. Like, he gets some donuts, this strudel. And I'm like, hey, who am I to say that this is not, you can't do this. This is unhealthy. He's a first overall pick. Yeah. He had more goals in one game than I did my whole career. And I can't sit there as he's ordering all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, like it's different, you know, in the NHL, like you take protein shakes. And he like looked at me like I was like crazy. And just, so what did I do? I just started eating what he ate and put on 10 pounds and had to work it off. <laughs> <laughs> and that finished off your career with the Exactly. <laughs> it backfired. Yeah. He has a pecan strudel and he, uh, he gets praised and he coach gets me with it and I get scratched. <laughs> But what do you um what do you remember about your career about um what, what were some of the moments when you're back in your early days like you said when you were playing in the NHL and you're like holy shit I'm gonna fight Bob Probert or I'm fighting Char or I'm on the ice with Messier I'm on was there a few moments when you're like I mean Charleston you probably had a few in the CFL or when you were playing with the Eagles or you know doing that but Darce what were your, some of your moments when you're like holy fuck I'm I'm you know a kid from Camsack. And across the ice is this guy. Yeah, you know what? I think my whole career was like surreal. I honestly like I thought I would probably make the NHL, but I you don't realize how hard it is. And the next thing you you're there and you're like, oh my gosh, is this my first game? Is this my last game? You know, and um it, it, it was like so surreal. All of a sudden, like you said, I'm dropping the gloves with Bobby Probert, and you could see the first time I fight him. I, I was scared to hit this guy. Like I was kind of ragdolling him and yanking him around and had him off balance. And I could have probably like stroked him probably 10 times. And I was just like, Holy crap. I just went from fighting 16 and 17 year olds, you know, with the blades to fighting, you know, somebody that I looked up to, you know? Um, and it's funny, like I wasn't one of these guys that grew up and was like, I, I want to play in the NHL or I, I just love collecting hockey cards. I really didn't have a favorite team. I didn't have a favorite player. I didn't even know Gordie Howe's son, you know, Marty Howe coached me for a year, you know, in, in the minors. I didn't even really know who he was. Like, it was crazy. I just really just loved the camaraderie with the guys, loved, you know, playing, never really watched the game that much. Um, you know, grew up with two parents. My dad was an x-ray tech. My mom was a nurse. And, um, you know, we 
hockey really wasn't, it was more like street hockey, you know, and, and things like that. But um, yeah, when I was 20, all of a sudden, you know, you, you realize, holy crap, you know, this is, this is the show and, and you're there and uh, you know, just kind of a cool experience. And, you know, I, I still try to look back. My life is so fast paced and I just kind of reflect and uh, my wife just made me this cool book with, you know, my whole career. And I think, you know, in the last month, I've probably reflected more having kids playing hockey than I did my whole career. It's just like, it just happens, right? Your summers, you're like training, you're there with hockey. It's just go, go, go. And you, you know, I mean, Charleston, you probably can, you know, say no, the I same can, thing. No, I it definitely just, can contest to that. Cause I, yeah. I guess maybe cause I didn't, I was kind of the same way. Cause I really didn't pay attention to football when I was like coming through high school and I, I didn't play till I was late anyway, so I didn't start football till I was like 11th grade in high school. But, you know, playing like 11th and 12th grade, I didn't realize that at the time when I played in high school, I played with like 15, 15 Division One athletes on my high school football team. Yeah. So, and then it was like, <laughs> I, and it really didn't, I didn't comprehend to the fact that I was around that many like primetime athletes and all these guys played college football and started in uh, Michigan, Michigan state, Illinois, like all these big division one schools. And I ended up just going to this little itty bitty tiny school in the woods and then started to understand like, Holy shit. I was playing with some legit players in high school and I didn't even really know it. Like one of the guys got drafted first round, first pick overall. And then I'm thinking, like, yeah. I played high school football with this dude. Well, <laughs> it, and, and, and that's the thing. It's the it, it's the mind is such a powerful thing. I mean, how I ended up making was like Tyler Wright was from my hometown. He was drafted to the Oilers, you know, first round, 12th pick overall. And, you know, he'd come back and be like doing 25s, you know, lifting arm curls. And then I'd be doing 45s. And I was like 15 and he was like 21. And, I, and then he would put the boxing gloves off and you know, we're sparring and I like cracked him on, almost knocked him out. And I'm like, holy crap. Well, if he's a first rounder, I could play in the NHL. Like, how was he? You know what I mean? So you don't realize that, you know, as Charleston said, you you just kind of like, you play with all these guys and you're like, holy crap. You look back and you're like, how did I do that? Or how do you, you know, there's so many people in this world and, uh, you know, it, it just comes down to like not giving up and just kind of mentally believing that you belong there and, and that, um, you know, you'll do whatever it takes to kind of stay there. And uh, is there any, yeah. is, there, is there any moment that stands out like in your head, anything when you're on the ice and you maybe, well, you know, a game at the garden or at, you know, on the forum or, you know, was there any game where you're kind of just looking around going, man, this is cool that you think of right off the top of your mind right now that you go, yeah. Or and what are the moments that stand out scoring a goal or seeing someone or the rinks or anything like that? I think it was probably like, you know, coming back to Edmonton and, and seeing your family and all your friends and, you know, everybody just kind of coming out to watch and just like realizing, holy crap, like I'm in the NHL, like this is so surreal, right? As a kid, you're, you're, you're like, that's what you used to do. And all of a sudden you're there and you're, you're playing and you're kind of like, um, but I mean, my whole career was just surreal, right? Just playing with some of the guys like Korea and Forsberg and, the Sedin twins. And, you know, when you play on some different teams and like Luongo, you, you just learn so much from different guys and Kevin BX and Burroughs. And, you know, you just kind of learn the tricks of the trade, where to be on the ice. The ice never changes. And, and just, 
I mean, I'll never forget like Daniel Barrera. He used to use the ice as a map. And he's like, Darcy, when you're shooting the puck in the slot, like just bring from the hash marks a foot in on both sides. And that's the inside of both or, you know, the post on both sides. And then if you go from this hash mark to this hash mark, you know, in the corner, that's the far post. And this is like, it's just crazy how these guys that have success um, are able to, you know, take it to the next level and, you know, you get to kind of benefit from being around guys like that and learn this is what it takes. And, and, you know, if you're willing to learn, you're going to have success. Who were, uh, who were some of the funniest teammates that you can uh, recall or some of the funniest guys you remember playing? Oh, I got, God, I got a feeling you were a hell of, you were a pretty funny guy to play with. <laughs> oh, Especially because I, I got this, this persona about you, right? That you didn't give two fucks about scoring a goal. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> if you see my game day routine, I'd still be playing. Like, my wife's like, listen, Darce, it's five o'clock. You got to be at the ring. I'm fucking cutting the grass in the backyard, you know, raking the bocce ball court. And I'm like, geez. And I loved a wheel and deal. I was a hustler. Like I, every player in the team, I became their agent. So like Alex Burrows, we just said this on this podcast, he was trying to get a stick deal with warrior and with Bauer. And I acted like the agent. I called both of them and I knew both of them at the time. And I was like, Hey, listen, um, I'm sorry, but we're going to reject your first offer. And you know, Vancouver's an A market. I know you have it as a B market, but we want an extra 50 grand. You know, plus I want six in the summertime for all my charity for the kids hockey. And we ended up getting it. I still have his contract over here. <laughs> so for my 40th birthday, like about 10 of the Canucks guys got together, like the, the twins and Burroughs and Kessler and Bieksa. They just ripped on me. They're like Tanner Glass. He's like, dude, do you remember this time that Hordy tried to do this and do that? And, and that's really what the game's all about, man. I mean, it, life is too short to take anything serious. Like nowadays, obviously, there's a lot more money involved, but you got to enjoy it, right? You, you got to just money only makes you happy for so long. And you realize there's so much more in life. And, uh, but I mean, you and Charleston sound very much alike. Cause I know that Charleston <laughs> is very much a, if you guys get them in the same room, that's going to be trouble to be able to do that. <laughs> cause the funny Charleston part is, ain't. is cause I did the same thing he's talking about right now before. Like I did the agent talk where I had two cell phones and I did it. Oh. I did it for my own career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, we could go back and forth with the story, by the way, I was the hugest football fan. If I could have played football and it wasn't so rough, I used to hit guys in like, like a hockey player where I'd like, they're like, no Darcy, get your head down, drive it through his stomach. I just like try to blow guys up like a body check. And in high school, my coach would be like, dude, listen, like, that's not the way you do it. I'm like, that's the only way I know how to do it. And I'm going to keep doing it. And then, but I love football. I remember Ray Algard and all those guys. Yeah. Season. Oh man. I was such a fan. That was, if I cut my neighbor's grass, he used to take me out to the, the rough rider games. And I, uh, I'll <laughs> so never forget those days. Your second choice for a career would have been a football player. Then is that what you're trying to say, Darcy? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I would have had you know a hell I, of a lot I, of tackles. You out there tackling, trying to check people. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it hurts so much when you have the wrong form. I'm trying to get my kid to be a long snapper. I figure that's probably the best position you can ever do is a long snapper. They make a, they make a lot of money to do nothing. Oh, isn't it the best? It's like unbelievable. Uh, you know who I was just hanging out with in California? He lived in my buddy's neighborhood. Um, and I met him in Nashville. He was doing car tricks. Yeah, the uh, snapper from the Eagles. John, Eagles. yeah, yeah. He was an I, Eagles guy. 
I freaking played um, with him. Just, you what? I played with Philadelphia with him, and he was doing magic tricks. And, <laughs> hey. and he bar- he barely showed up to practice. He come to practice, snap three times, go home. <laughs> but, like, hey. And did pull out like he's really really good at magic. Oh, like he's so fun. And I and I remember the story like because I was I was in Nashville. He came in our locker room, and you know I love magic too. I grew up with magic, and then all of a sudden. Somebody said about America's Got Talent, you got to see this long snapper. So I started to Google when I played in Nashville and when he was there. And, and then ironically, literally two months ago, when I spent a couple of weeks in California, he lives right across from my buddy's house. And I was like, John, you remember this? And he's like, Hardy, oh yeah, I remember this. And yeah, what a, what a crazy, I didn't even know his whole story, but he's a motivational speaker and he's traveling all over the world and, and uh, he has oh, a really? book out now. Yeah, he got he got sick, right? Like he got pretty sick after the his heart. The, yeah, said he almost said he almost died. Yeah, he had no clue. Just went in there as and and he said, you know, obviously the sports teams missed it for how many years, and uh, he, he got cured and fixed. And uh, yeah, he's oh, on top wow. of the world now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good story about him, and thank God it's on the positive side. And he got a uh, the year that he left, I think, to go to. The other team that he played for, I forget which one it was, but um, then the next year the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and you yes. know he was there for how many years? And the Eagles actually ended up giving him a ring. They they did, yes, they yeah. did. I remember, yeah, that's what he yeah. told me that they got yeah. him a ring. That's pretty classy. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. cool. That's pretty cool, right there. Yeah, classy but, organization. Yeah. They didn't want a lawsuit probably against them. That's why they did <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds yeah. me of saying, "Hi, how are you doing? What's your name?" Declan. I'm his son. Declan, what's up, Declan? Did did you get the uh, feet uh, with yeah, the manicure today? Pedicure. Oh, yeah, sorry. Let me see them. Let me see your feet. Show them your feet. Show them the soft feet. Where's the feet? Show them the feet. Look at this. Oh no, we got the. No, you got to show them the soft feet. Look at this. Oh yeah, just smooth, just smooth. There you, go. you You should be able to run fast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this. My whole family's coming around. Got the wifey here. We got everybody. Hi, Lisa. Hi. This How one, this is, this is. I'm his favorite son. Oh, nice. That's What's the your name? Right there. <laughs> are, are, are you guys? Are you guys still in that uh, your your place where uh, I came to visit you and with Rob a few years ago? You guys still got that place in in Scottsdale? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the house still in DC Ranch, and then some yeah, vacation the- rentals in Greyhawk. Yeah, where Rob yeah. has his place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, I forgot to mention that about uh, Charleston. That one of the things that uh, Rob told us to bring up with Darce was that uh, that uh, he's a magician. By uh, Ooh, you're yeah. Darcy you, is Darcy ain't I, no damn magician. I, I, <laughs> Hey, well, I'll tell you what right now. Hey, write down. Hey, hey, well, I'll get you to write something down, and I'll and I'll guess it. This is how crazy. I'm uh, NLP, neurological linguistic programming. I used to specialize in in NLP, so it's like basically reading people's body language. And you know, if you're going across the border, and the cops are like, "Hey, do you have anything in the car?" and you're like, "No, no, no," and your eyes are twitching and you know your posture. I could I could pick you up pretty fast. Oh, I don't, I don't believe I don't believe in that stuff. There's yeah. no way anybody can, gonna be able to you read. You do me. this right now, Darcy. You could do this right now to Charleston. Yeah. So just okay. Give him Hold a on. pen right now. Give him I a got, pen right I now. I got a, I got a pen already. I just went and grabbed one. <laughs> oh, dude, wait till you see this. If I I need to be sometimes lie, but okay. Write down your favorite card. Could be any card. Just write it down real fast. Any card. Gotcha. Like, 
You got it? Just yep. write it down. Okay. Show your buddy over there. Is it uh, Ace of Spades? Hold on. You didn't show me. You got to turn away. Darcy, huh? you got to turn away. Okay. Just show him. The, I guessed it. Huh? Is it Ace of Spades? Nope. Say, you know what? Say, that's bad. You're, what is it? Queen of Clubs? Nope. Oh, what are you? You're not a diamond guy. Are you a diamond guy? <laughs> uh, nope. Jeez. Okay. I, I had you pegged wrong. Somebody in the room was thinking of an Ace of Spades. Maybe it was. Oh my God. It's the hearts. <laughs> I knew it was an ace, so I knew you had an ace in you. Hey, hey not bad. 50 50, right? 50 50, 50 50. 52 cards, and I, I got them, eh? No. Well, here's the thing I had it upside down. The way you wrote it, your writing is so bad that I kind of read you doing it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Watch, you would have uh, you would have shocked the shit out of Charleston if he would have. Yeah, you know what? When he said Ace, I was looking at it like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So, so after so hockey, if you Google Hortichuk and Magic, you'll see some pretty cool tricks. Actually, uh, I made on this is what put me in the map. As we we're getting ready to take off, they had to de-ice a plane, and I made uh, I think it was the Eight of Spades show up on the wing of a plane. And ESPN caught it, and uh, they flew in to do a, a whole magic thing. So I used to be called Hordini. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to make Hordini. the puck disappear. I, I used to make the puck disappear in the ice, too. It never went in the net, but somehow it made it <laughs> So, obviously, we know what you've been doing after. Uh, let's get a, after hockey, Darts. Let's get a little bit uh, into that, because I know that, like I said, our good friend Rob Peterson, he's uh, – He's always, uh, he's, he's been talking to us and we've been trying to plug it a few times on the show. Can you explain to our viewers? Cause we got lots of viewers from all over in Canada. We got viewers from the U S obviously we're, where Charleston's from in Saginaw, but all over the U S and, and Canada, explain to us a little bit what you're doing right now in Arizona and Scottsdale with, with this uh, company called Canada to Arizona. Yeah, the whole kind of concept, you know, whenever I played with different teams, um, basically, whenever you'd go and move to a new team, you'd have, okay, here's your team doctor, here's your real estate agent, you know, here's your team accountant, whenever you need this, you know, make sure you talk to this person, this is your hairdresser. So, you know, just talking to Rob and Miles, fellow Canadians, you know, after a couple of beers in the hot tub, we kind of just thought, I mean, how cool would it be just, you know, helping Canadians find a way to get to the U S and um, you know, it started out with like 20 pages on Google and now we're up to 8,000 pages and, and teamed up with, you know, companies like the Mayo clinic and we were with RBC and BMO and the, the Phoenix coyotes. And yeah, just kind of the companies evolved. And um, I myself now have a whole bunch of vacation rentals. So a lot of Canadians rent, you know, my vacation rentals, or other people's vacation rentals. Um, yeah, and we help a ton of Canadians with real estate. You know, obviously everybody knows the real estate agent in, you know, in the US, but what we try to do is just do the whole process. You know, if you have to sell, you have to do the FERPTA, you have to pay tax on this, make sure that you have this, you know, in a LLP or, you know, in case somebody falls in your pool in the US. It's so different, you know, with Canada and the US. You know, if somebody trips in your house, they can sue you and you can lose everything overnight, right? So 
we try to explain to the Canadians, hey, get an umbrella. It's a million dollar policy. You know, it's going to cost you three, four hundred bucks a year. But things like this will help you, um, obviously, when you make the transition across, um, protect you. Um, you know, if anything, God forbid, ha happens when somebody's in your property. And so, yeah, it's kind of cool. I think it's just a way to kind of give back. Um, we don't charge anything for Canadians to be on the site. It's free. We have a travel <laughs> program where we, we teamed up with a company to help Canadians, um, you know, get discounts on travel when they're in the U S you know, it's guaranteed to beat Expedia's prices on flights and hotels and hmm. kind of a whole package of stuff. So yeah, it's kind of a cool concept that just kind of evolved and we have Canada TO Arizona and then Canada TO Florida. And basically we have a Facebook and we're just trying to, you know, just let Canadians, you know, it's network and meet each other while they're down in the U S and, you know, everybody thinks that it's so impossible to buy a condo down in the U.S. or a house. Um, you know, I bought Ryan Smith's condo in Arizona at the venue where now all of a sudden I have four other units and, um, you know, able to VRBO and rent these places out and basically have no mortgage on these things because it pays for itself. Yep. So it's kind of nice, you know, to to kind of have a company like us where, you know, it takes maybe the fear or um, you do all the legwork you know. for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're doing the legwork. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's free to go on the site. How we get paid at the end is okay. If you use more, you know, one of our real estate agents, we'll get a referral. You know, my wife's actually a real estate agent down here. And, and uh, um, obviously my, one of the partners, miles Rob's in Canada. So we kind of try to just, um, you know, use the group of athletes. we got some other hockey players, who specialize in other areas that I used to play hockey with. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fun. And it's, it's kind of our way to give back. That's awesome. It sounds like a blast. We, uh, we got one of Charleston's buddies. Uh, he just, uh, Derek Dennis used to play O-line on the stamps and the riders. He's, uh, he's right now. Where is he? Charleston right now. He's in Phoenix. He's in Phoenix. Yeah. I think yeah. he's getting a house built like somewhere right outside of Phoenix somewhere. Scottsdale. I, I feel like I bumped into him in the venue. He had a, a big hat. He was training down here. He had a hat with Stan Peters on him. And I yeah, feel that's like probably, I bumped that's him. probably him. A big boy. You know, he's in one of the condos. He's a big dude. Yeah. And I, was yeah. Like, I spotted him from a mile away. I'm like, hey, you know, you play in the USCFL. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm training down here. You know, used to live wherever. And uh, you know what's funny about this? You meet so many different people when you're renting your condos. You wouldn't believe this, but I got Johnny Manziel living in, in one of my units right now. Like oh, really? he's the last person I thought in the world that, you know, would be <laughs> renting from me. And I'm like, Hey, Johnny, uh, rents to, uh, where are you? And he's like, I, I, I swear in the five months that the guy's been at my condo, he's been there probably five times. Like on Instagram, <laughs> I have to track him to find out, okay, he's here. So I'm going to get paid this month, but maybe next month. But we had a kick talking about the CFL. We realized like, dude that uh whole montreal uh, alouette they, that didn't really go that well you're like fuck, fuck no dude he was probably legit the funniest quarterback i've ever played against why was that just johnny yeah johnny Manziel, because he was the only quarterback that i played against who was comp complimenting himself on throws so <laughs> oh, yeah. like so like he'll go he'll go through a play and then I almost have him sacked, and then he'll just, <laughs> and then he'll shake and take off, and then he'll come back to the huddle running back. Hey, Hughes, you thought you had me right there, huh? 
And then I'll just be looking like, what the, like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? And then he'll drop back again and throw an out route, complete the ball. Woo! Hughes, you saw that throw? That was a nice throw, wasn't it? And I'm like, <laughs> like is he complimenting himself every play? Oh, man. <laughs> Look at now the kids learn. You just got to compliment yourself if you want to have success. <laughs> oh, tires. We gotta, we, we gotta see if he's gonna be able to compliment himself on paying rent and see. Oh. Hey, there's the, I'm gonna compliment myself. I paid rent this month. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he got it too. <laughs> man. I want to ask this that. guy. You, you want to follow somebody's life on Instagram. You want to know what heaven looks like. Holy crap. There's a <laughs> private plane behind every picture and places I've never seen before. Golf course. I'm like, dude, this is. If I sign a hundred million dollar deal, I don't think I'd be able to afford that lifestyle. But <laughs> that's why I said I don't know what he do, but he got it. Well, he's got oh, he's got dad's money from the oil business in Texas, so he's. Well, He's pretty set up there, I think. So there you go. There you go. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, I remember. I remember walking into a bar in Toronto. He wasn't even in the CFL at this time, but I walked. (laughs) I walked up to a bar in Toronto, and we were playing Toronto, but we went like two days early. So I was like, ah, let's go out, go get something to eat. He was at the bar holding the bar up solo with a tray full of shots. See, and I'm sitting there looking at him like, is that Johnny Manziel at the bar? And I walk up to him close and look, it is. And he got a tray full of shots and just drinking them by himself at the bar. Solo, just tray full of shots. Oh, that's, man, the life of a professional athlete, eh? (laughs) You miss that at all, Darce, or no? You know what, um, Charles, you could probably relate. You just miss the camaraderie. You miss the guys. You miss that, you know. The game, once you make it to the, you know, whatever sport you're in, you're like, holy crap, dude, this is a grind. You get a couple days off, you kind of, and it's kind of a little bit of a lonely life, right? Like every, as a rookie, when you go into these teams or a young guy, everybody's got a wife, everybody's got kids. And here you're like, oh my God, I made it. Like, I can't wait to go hang out with everybody after the game or before the game. And on road trips that happens, but before you're like, holy crap, I'm 22 and everybody's like 30 and has three kids or two kids. And, you know. It's just a, a different kind of a, a lifestyle than everybody imagines, you know. I, I really, you know what, I knew it was time to be done, and I, I enjoy now whatever I hunt, you know, whatever I eat, you kind of got to hunt now. And, you, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday means something to you where yeah, yeah. when you play, you're like, you know, you're used to making, what, 30 grand every two weeks, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm going to go to Disney World. Awesome. Oh, I'm going to stay at the Four Seasons. Oh, I'm going to have a steak dinner. Like, you, you kind of, life's it's weird. It's not, it's boring. It's kind of like, you know, (laughs) you have no dreams, you know, now I'm like, okay, kids, we're going to McDonald's. Big day. Let's go. Daddy's going to give you the super meal. (laughs) You got to earn it now. You got to earn it. Yeah. Yeah. We took out the garbage. You get a toy. (laughs) So life, life is treating you all right. Then right now you're no regrets. You're you're living life good in Scottsdale and things are going well. It's great, man. And you know what? As long as I'm alive and as long as I'm healthy and have a healthy family, I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So very true. We got we I was just talking with Charleston next year. We we're thinking about well, obviously Rob's been trying to be able to uh coax us down to Arizona and obviously we're gonna come and try and see if we can um help you out or do a show down there or figure some stuff out there in, in Arizona. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. Bring your viewers, we'll show them we'll show them another side of the world when everybody 
we'll have Rob doing the windshield where he's scraping it and shoveling <laughs> snow, and then us on the golf course just bombing, bombing balls in the bush. No, uh, we just no, we just want a talent show from you, just a big magic show, a one-hour yeah, yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. It's just magic. <laughs> yeah, you'll we'll see, see magic we'll with see me what... on the ice losing the puck. We can. Uh, we'll see what we can do for a lot of stuff. It's. It sounds like Arizona is the place to be at. That's for sure. But we want to see what. Um, we also want to know about your connections with the Thunderbirds. And you guys seem to have like a pretty good time over at the Phoenix Open uh, there that time of year. Maybe Charleston and I and, and some of our viewers should come down for that weekend because it seems like it's a fairly decent event. Yeah, it's funny. You know what? I, <laughs> up until now, I didn't even know what a Thunderbird was. And now all of a sudden, I'm in this kind of an exclusive group of 55 guys. And I still don't I'll, know what the hell a Thunder. What the hell is a Thunderbird? You, you, you know, it's it's this crazy, um, you know, when you're in college and it's this underground group where you got to get voted in. You don't know if you get voted in or if you get <laughs> voted in or how you get voted in. Um, so it, it's this group. It's a, like a philanthropist group that basically puts on a golf tournament. And it's been around since 1937. And uh, you got to be 40 years old to get voted in. And somehow I got voted in. I'm the first hockey NHL guy ever voted in this group. They have a lot of professional baseball players in the group. So it's kind of whoever is in the top of their craft out of Arizona. And at each time, you know, there's only 55 guys. So when you turn 45, now your spot opens up and you vote somebody else in. And we just put on the Phoenix Open. So it's the golf tournament. Um, and uh, all the money that's raised, you know, in the 16th hole, the 17th hole and all these different holes all the money goes to charity. So last year we gave away 13.2 million. Um, and that's, you know, as the golf tournament grows, you, the more money goes towards the charity. And the year before it was like 12 million. The year before it was 11 million. So it's kind of, everybody's like, well, I don't like golf. I said, it's not about golf. It's actually just a party on the golf course, you know? And um, it's just a, a crazy group of guys that are all ADHD. Um, <laughs> JJ puts, you know, used to play with the uh, Diamondbacks. He's in the group and, uh, Governor Doug Ducey, he's in the group, um, you know, just a, a whole bunch of different uh, people, you know, that um, uh, are in the industry. And, and uh, yeah, so it's just a fun group. And, and, and it's funny how it works is so say somebody's in charge of the 16th hole, right? Well, I'd be the assistant. Well, when that guy leaves after one year, then I now take over the 16th hole and I make it whatever I want to do. So I could change the colors of it. I can make it bigger. So that's why this golf tournament has now become the world's biggest golf tournament. And everybody's in the group is trying to outdo the last guy. So, <laughs> oh, so it's just this, you know, bunch of egos and guys that like you throw a five cents on the ground and we're all trying to wrestle for it and trying to outdo each other, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, well, it's been yeah, you bring you bring me in. I'm putting elephants on the 16th hole. Hey, we'll bring you a Tiger King. Hey, we'll yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this could be a whole nother. Uh... I think you just signed us up for the Better with Age uh, webcast to be on the 16th green there for next year's Phoenix Open. We got to figure something out there. Put hey. a tiger. Put a tiger out there. <laughs> hey. <laughs> 
you guys. Hey, listen, we, we I don't know if I can afford you guys. I heard you're blowing up there in Saskatchewan. Yeah. So we, uh, we, I might have to go through your agent there, uh, yeah. Rob, and, and figure yeah. out what it's gonna. Yeah. I can give, I can give, I can give you a number to call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll let the yeah. agents talk. Both of you guys will be talking to each other, or Rob, exactly. or <laughs> yeah. know who's talking with who. Yeah. Could be our, our, our sign from above here that. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do some deals down here yeah. well that's good uh, we uh we appreciate it having on Darcy. So, i mean we can go on and talk about i'm sure hockey stories and many many stories uh, i know some inquiring minds want to know what the hell is going on in this picture behind me oh the, the uh fr- like yeah, franklin, franklin and whatever the other guy's name is franklin and who oh yeah so the one on the right actually is chandler uh, he's from chandler uh arizona and then Frankie is my other one from Franklin, Tennessee. So it's, it's funny because I grew up with Shih Tzus. And uh, um, when we were in Vancouver, we were on the 12th floor. And my wife, you know, obviously had our, our youngest son. And she's just like, listen, you've been on the road for like four weeks, dude. Like, can we just let your parents have the dogs for, you know, a few weeks until we kind of, you know, season's done? Well, it's been nine years and uh, they've still have my dogs, but we, we, we since then, uh, yeah, we can't get them back. And now my dad's trying to give them back after they're ready to die. I think they got another year and I'm, in, I'm like, no dad, just Chandler's 15 now. It's okay. He's your dog. But uh, no, you know what? Um, so that picture was on, like I said, all the uh, porches. It said Hortichick won't dog it as a tough guy. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to be fighting this year again. Here we go. <laughs> So. Any 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 regrets for fighting anybody? We were like, holy fuck, what am I doing? Yeah, well, you mentioned Chara. I was thinking Chara probably put hands on you because you you short compared to Chara. Well, you can watch that fight and see who won that. One. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody used to say, "Well, hey, Doris, how did you do against that guy?" I said, "Well, you just watch YouTube. You tell me who won that." One. <laughs> anybody, no, you th- know what? Anybody you think about, you're going like, "Oh man, that wasn't such a good one." Uh, you know what, towards my end of my career there, that McGratton, I, I kind of from, from Calgary, um, I, I was never, ever put down in my career, knock on wood. Cause I'd always tuck my chin and it was, you know, obviously hard to hit my chin, but I, I, I felt like I had him the whole fight. It was a line brawl. Actually, I think Tanner glass was on the ice. There was a whole bunch of us guys. And I, I was just teeing off on him. What I didn't realize he was, he was waiting for me to tire out and just trying to time one punch. And I didn't realize also that when you hit the helmet that you could still get knocked, you know, knocked down through the helmet and hit your temple. So he put me down on one knee and uh, I literally was like, holy crap, I've never been put down in my career. And I kind of popped back up like nothing happened. And in the penalty box, I was just losing it. I'm like, we're going next shift. And he's like, dude, calm down. I just dropped you. Calm down. I'm like, I know we're going, dude. We're going, you know. But yeah, so bigger and he uh he got the best of me there so but i mean every fight you're a little bit you know obviously you're nervous because it doesn't matter who you are you, you as you see in the ufc guys like chuck liddell that were knocking everybody out and then all of a sudden you get hit five times in a row and you get knocked out so yeah yeah grace to god i made it through it for 13 years i had a crazy journey and That's uh pretty cool Charleston, tried to do the right thing and uh Charleston yeah. loves Charleston loves this picture of you can you see which it? One's that? No, one? which one's that? You got a. Oh, oh no, you got a nice shiner. Oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> um, 
that I know which fight with that one was, uh, <laughs> was Sean Thornton. That's Sean Thornton. So how funny is this? Me and Thornton, like Thornton was, I think, ranked maybe one or two spots above me. But, you know, I, he could hurt you, buddy. So I was just like, okay, it's contract year. I'm just going to open up. And uh, both of us ended up in the bar. He shows up and he goes, Hardy, he goes, he goes, dude, you broke my nose. And I'm like, Hardy, you shut my eye, dude. And uh, <laughs> it was the first time he had his nose broken. And it was the first time really I had my, my shiner. But I thought I just wanted to open up. And uh, every once in a while, when you knew your contracts do, you, you got to open up. And sometimes when you open up, you, you got to take a couple. But... Yeah, oh. you know, that, uh, I don't miss those shiners. Everyone's like, man, don't you wish that uh, you're still playing? I'm like, just imagine going in the parking lot and have 20,000 people around you and you didn't sleep all afternoon and now you got to fight the biggest guy on the ice. So I said, no, I don't, uh, don't miss it too much. <laughs> <laughs> the life of an NHL enforcer, that's something that's like, uh, yeah, like I said, you got to hats off to um, all of you guys out there. I know that it's, it's always one of those things. I know Charleston's always worried about, you know, football players and getting too many knocks to the head. And as a, a fighter, you could, you know, any ever, you ever have any thoughts? I mean, like you, you, go, you always got to worry about guys like Wade Belak, you know, and, and you see what happened with Bob Probert and things like that. Does that ever cross your mind, you know, things like that afterwards or? You know what? It's like COVID, right? Does that ever cross your mind? If you let it phase you, you're going to just, you're going to die of depression. You're going to die of this. Everybody's going to die sooner or later. So. Yeah. I mean, I choose to obviously try to pick my positive thoughts and I, I'm sure I'll get die as something before that happens. So <laughs> yeah. always have a positive outlook. Well, that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. well, Charleston, you have anything else you want to add to, uh, to darts? I think that's it, man. I know your knuckles probably hurt. You probably bent out of shape. Uh, <laughs> when did you lose your first tooth? Uh, I think it was eating an ice cream on the plane. I think it came out. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? No, I didn't take too many in the teeth. Actually, I got 17 fake veneers. Everybody's like, man, your teeth look good. I'm like, ah, they're all fake. But <laughs> um, big Steve McIntyre, actually, he uh, he didn't knock out my tooth, but he chipped uh, chipped a couple of my teeth. But uh, I got to get dentist. You guys played together with the Blades, right? Back in the day? Yeah, yeah. So it was crazy. I, I ended up you know, talking to Brad McCrimmon, he's like, Hey, listen, you know, I got three guys on the team that are trying to take your spot. So come to camp, you know, here's, here's the first guy, Steve McIntyre, six foot five, two fifty five. Dallas Anderson, six foot eight, you know, 190 pounds. And then some other guy, they, some farm dude. So I was like, okay, me and Mac <laughs> fought three times in preseason. And the, I'll never forget. They're like, Don, no more. You guys good. That, that's good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we both ended up making the team. So it was me and Steve McIntyre as a tough guy. And so Charles nobody messed around with us. And then they finally traded him to, to Prince Albert, where we got to fight each other basically every time we played again, which was awesome. So <laughs> with Charleston, Steve McIntyre was, yeah, like there's said a big, big man, like six five, right? I mean, and then yeah, he, like he, if you go in the dictionary and you look up farm boy tough and like <laughs> His belt buckle, like I probably couldn't lift his belt buckle. Like yeah, this guy was just like, and and it's funny because my buddy was playing in Florida. Like I didn't even know that league existed. And he goes, Darcy goes like Steve McIntyre's playing with us. I'm like Steve, like the the guy I played with. He's like, yeah, he's knocking everybody out. And I was like, oh fuck, good for him. 
nobody's really tough in that league. So then all of a sudden I get a call two years later and my buddy's like, dude, this guy's like in Providence. He's a cop buddy of mine. He's like, you got to watch this guy. You got to YouTube this McIntyre dude. He's knocking everybody out. So I was like, McIntyre, McIntyre. And I see it's big Steve. And I'm like, holy shoot. Mac is on his way to the NHL. He was knocking out everybody that I was fighting. I'm like, sure enough. Boom. He's in the NHL. I'm like, oh no, I got to fight this guy again. (laughs) So I take his job for the Oilers. He's in Pittsburgh. You can look at this in replay. I'm showing everybody in Edmonton. The only guy I was probably ever scared of in the NHL, like LaRock, I didn't care. Anybody was probably Big Matt because now he's pissed off at me. He's been in the minors making 400 bucks his whole career a month. And now he's finally making money in the NHL. He's like trying to like send me because I took his job in Edmonton. So it's against Pittsburgh. He's protecting Crosby. Everybody's like, hey, Hardy, are you going to fight him? And I'm like, well, we'll see how the game goes. Keep him on the ice. You know, he's kind of, you know, not that good of a player. (laughs) We call that a dodge, basically. (laughs) So he goes on the ice. I'm like, couldn't sleep all afternoon. I go straight after him. Like, I'm showing everybody how tough I am. Whistle blows. Too many men in the ice. They score a goal. Basically, I never got another shift. I got benched the whole game. And I was like, thank God. That's when I knew there was a God. I'm like, there is a God. Thank God. Because <laughs> I think he previously just knocked out Ivanis and he was on this knockout streak where he wasn't like just hurting guys. Like he was knocking them all with both hands. But you no, know, we stayed good friends. And actually, I haven't talked to him in a while. But man, much respect for a guy to ride it out and play in some of those places that he played he'd be a good guy to have on the podcast i'll tell you what well i mean uh any of the stories that you guys can tell i mean it's amazing and just uh like i said just the mentality just the thought process it's always good to hear about charleston's playing days too you know and, and see what he went through and then what they do what what you guys do as athletes are totally different you know and it's uh we appreciate you coming on awesome yeah. For so any of the viewers out there, this is a cool book that helped me in my journey. It's I don't like to get too philosophical, but uh, I read this book. My buddy said, "Hey, listen, we're going to do business together." It kind of helped me with my perspective in life. But it's it's a cool book. It's called "The Noticer" by Andy Andrews, and it's just about this old man that pops in people's life and just changes their life and in, in perspective in every situation, whether you're getting divorced, whether you're you know, raising a family. And it's just kind of a cool, easy book. I think it's, I've read two books in my life, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and The Noticer. So, um, and, the, <laughs> and The Noticer is one that made a difference in your life? Yeah, you know what? I think it's just, right? I mean, Charleston, you know, I mean, everything's perspective in life. You know, what, what the coaches say to you and what you do in an everyday, I mean, you, you, you can spin it whatever way you want. You know, you can, the, the glass is half empty or half full. And I think, you know, when people stop feeling sorry for themselves and saying, Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a victim and you know, they change their perspective. I think, you know, life's too short to, to look in the past and to, you know, focus on the negative. There's too many good things out there to focus on. So yeah, with a, that being said, basically cancel your Facebook and don't look at anybody. Don't look at anybody's <laughs> profile. <laughs> don't be on social media. Exactly. Get off of social media. Yeah. Yeah. Words of wisdom because by Darcy Hordachuk. Words of wisdom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's funny because the only reason I wasn't on social media because I learned when Facebook first came out, I'd come to Edmonton and I'd have like 50 people call me up out of the you know woodwork. Hey, Darcy, hey, I seen you're coming to town. Can I get some tickets? And I was like... <laughs> click 
I'm off Facebook and I haven't been on Facebook for 15 years because of that. And, you know, you learn after your first couple of times, probably that happened to you, Charleston, that you, you basically paid out more than you played uh, in that game. You're like, oh, I just uh, spent five grand on that. Uh, those good friends. But uh, <laughs> most of the people you bought tickets for weren't even your friends. That's the crazy thing. So, yeah, you get asked for a few tickets. But, well, we uh, we definitely appreciate your time. Darcy, say hi to the family. Um we're definitely coming down for a, a magic show for the Phoenix Open. We're going to come down for a few nights of drinking for Canada, Arizona. Charleston, Lions to... and tigers and bears. <laughs> we're going to have to book about. Exactly. We're going to have to rent out a suite beside Johnny Menzel, and we're going to have to see what the condo <laughs> right beside Johnny does for a while. Hey, yeah, you guys are always welcome. So, next, time, yeah. next time you talk to him, tell him Charleston said, what's up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, for sure. <laughs> exactly, then, I'll be like. Well, the, had I known, I could have just maybe uh, put in my door code and just walked in and be like, Johnny, yeah, <laughs> this guy used to chirp. <laughs> Next Carlson time we'll, wants to say a few words. Yeah. Next <laughs> time we'll see if we can get Johnny on the show. So we appreciate it. There's one of the things that we always end off is, is Charleston's going to say some party words, parting words, but uh, we appreciate your time and I'll leave it to Charleston to finish off. Awesome. So Darcy. What do they do? They used to call you like because the hockey names like Horty. a Horty or or Horsey because I know people always throw Z's at the end of some <laughs> some kind of hockey name. I like that. I, you know, I've never Horsies, I've never never heard of that one, but uh, Horty, <laughs> yeah, hey, this this could stick here. This could be your nickname for me when you come down to the Phoenix Open. Oh, Horsey. I feel dirty. I feel like dirty when you say that. Like, hey, where's Horsies? <laughs> the new nickname for Horsies. Yeah. Horsies. All right. Yeah, but this is the Better With Age webcast. The reason we call it the Better With Age webcast is because there's many things that get better with age. So not just yourself and your magic tricks and your great personality and your good looks, my guy. It's leather, it's cheese, it's whiskey, multiple things that get better with age. But the most important thing of them all is friendships. And I'm glad we met you on this show. Glad we brought you on this show. Can't wait to golf with you. Can't wait to see those Tigers running on hole 16. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and all that good stuff. So thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, my pr pleasure. And uh, this is what it's about, the journey. You never know. Every day is a new thing. And uh, remember, boys, after every storm is a rainbow. So focus on the rainbow. There you go. More words of wisdom by Darcy Hordichuk. <laughs> there you go. We'll tell, we'll tell Rob uh, you say hi, and we'll be getting together with him hopefully soon for drinks. So take care, Darcy. All the best to awesome. you. Awesome. Okay, nice. thanks, you guys. Yeah. Remember, you need real estate. Call us. <laughs> yeah. And Arizona.com. 306-533-3131. Everybody call up Rob this morning. Call, call Rob. Send Rob a text yeah. right now. 306-533-3131. Well, don't go directly to Rob because then I got to pay him a commission and then I can't give you a better price. So he's going to want a referral. Just call me directly. Just go to dhornachick at Hotmail. <laughs> there, there you go all right Dar eliminate the middleman yeah. <laughs> yeah he's his own agent now so he's got to do that so all right exactly. Dar take care cheers boys yeah. hopefully this podcast will make me famous i've always wanted to be famous <laughs> <laughs>